your state, your team, your show. This is Sports Nightly. Bowers awaits the shotgun snap, sends the tight end motion. They roll right. Bowers throws pass. Is not collapsed. Eli Sullivan knocks the football away, and the Huskers have a goal line stand, taking over the one. Now, let's check the pulse of Husker Nation with your hosts, Greg Sharp and Ben McLaughlin. Here we are, fighting off this late fall-like day. Chilly temperatures, rain coming down. That's okay. A couple of these days every now and then aren't bad. we got good weather coming back here in a few days. We'll get through this. We'll get through all of this, right? Welcome to the program. Thank you so much for choosing to spend part of your night with us here tonight. We have a big show lined up. Got a, another edition of the Husker Huddle later this hour. Jeremiah Searle is going to sit down with Cam Meredith, who was a defensive lineman for the Cornhuskers a few years ago, part of that team that won the Legends division. And so Huskers were part of that Big Ten title game against Wisconsin back in 2012. So we'll hear from Cam Meredith in a little bit, get caught up on what's going on in his world. Lane Grindle will be here in hour two. He's our Major League Baseball insider. So looking forward to chatting with him as everybody's coming down the stretch now. The Major League Baseball season, most teams have passed the 40-game mark. So out of 60 games, yep, they're kind of rounding the bend for this Major League season. We'll get his take on some of the topics of the day. We'll also have buy sell coming your way in hour number three. And as always, phone lines open and available to you at 531-500-4686. That's the number. Also, that doubles up as our U.S. Cellular text line. U.S. Cellular, the official wireless provider of Husker Athletics. If that fits your fancy better than a phone call, we'd love to hear your take on the sports world here tonight. All right, let's start with um, the Big Ten had a response to those lawmakers that sent a letter from six different states within the Big Ten footprint yesterday. The Big Ten did respond back. They said, we, quote, could not agree more with the group of Midwest legislators who stated in a letter to Commissioner Kevin Warren that the Big Ten Conference is home to some of the world's leading institutions of higher learning, scientific research, and medicine. The Big Ten's return to competition task force is tapping into those resources as it prepares for a safe return to competition. The letter reflects that we all want the same thing, which is for sports to continue safely. The conference will continue to work with the Big Ten Council of Presidents and Chancellors, as it has always done, to identify opportunities to resume competition as soon as it is safe to do so. Now, our pal Adam Rittenberg, who we had on the program just last night, sent out a series of tweets, Ben. Quote, no, most will be frustrated by this statement, but the tone here and in the president and the response to the president's tweet indicates the Big Ten's timeline to return is moving up. Won't be as quick as many want, but late October isn't out of the question from what I'm told. Daily reliable testing is the game changer. As a Big Ten source told me this week, the Big Ten has been working on options. Once that in place, presidents, chancers, likely more comfortable with a return. Goal is safe, uninterrupted season. I think that's a key phrase there. That means no bye weeks, no off weeks, not having to cancel games. Leagues without daily testing are going to face disruptions. Imagine, and this is Adam again continuing, imagine this scenario Big Ten starts October 24th or October 31st without interruptions. 
Ohio State crushes every opponent. The SEC, ACC, Big 12 have to push back end of season a few weeks. Would they really dig in to keep the Buckeyes out of a college football playoff when Ohio State would clearly be one of the top four teams? Hmm. It's a different twist on things. What do you think? Yeah, that's – that's. Uh, I mean, I feel like he, he's working on lap 21 – of a marathon and and we're we haven't even got out to the starting blocks yet i mean let's let's pump the brakes on that scenario uh and, and let's let's maybe allow our conference to put pads on before we uh you know st- start on a potential end of season scenario with with ohio state um i, th- I think they're th- that's positive today that his interpretation i think is a good one that you know, maybe that timeline is moving moving up, but i i thought I thought the tone of that that response was a little condescending today. I think there was some even, I mean, I interpreted a little sarcasm in there, Greg. That while we agree that blah 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 blah, <laughs> um, I also think that you know they are they're doubling and tripling down on on their their speak on. on um, I think they, they you could tell they made it a point to point the finger at the presidents and chancellors again. I think they're trying everything they can to deflect away from the commissioner in this thing and really put the responsibility on the presidents and the chancellors, which I agree. I mean, they're the head of the, you know, the conference that that their leader has just been taking a beating in the public eye in the last few months uh, with his lack of leadership. I think, again, they tried to point out that. You know, that line that, you know, we're working with the president's chancellors like we always have. Like, it's like, I think there's some subtleties in that that aren't so subtle to those that have been paying attention to the story. And, yeah, I mean, I think that's fantastic that, that you know, they're doing what they can to, um, you know, move forward with, with playing. But, you know, until until I start to see some proof of that, until I start to see – um, you know, there's rumors of a vote coming up until I actually hear the Big Ten say, we will be voting on this date. We hope to have an answer for you by this date. We, Our goal is to have a, a starting date by this point. Greg, the last we had heard from the Big Ten is they're hoping for a spring season. That's the last official word we've heard from the Big Ten. Every other, every other thing that has come out has been from a different source other than the league. So... You know, if you're not buying into any rumors from any other sources and just going by what the Big Ten is saying, as far as you know, they're they're not gearing up to play until the spring. So I, I don't really interpret much from this. I, I'm still in prove-it-to-me mode. Put your money where your mouth is. Start telling us what's actually going on and and give us some, some actual hard dates and some hard information of what's being said before I think that there's a possible scenario that – Ohio State may be in the college football playoff when we our guys can't even put pads on right now. I I think that's a little premature. Yeah, you know it does. Adams tweets do dovetail with Teddy Greenstein and and Tim had this in the ticker that Teddy said tweeted earlier today. Just learn that regarding the timing of the Big Ten vote will be this weekend at the earliest Sunday or Monday possible. So there is a little bit of smoke there. It could be one of those things that. If, if the Big Ten 
to save some face, I'm, I'm doing a little kind of what if here, to save a little face, if they were to say, okay, with the rapid testing, that changes a few things. And with our, our uh, worries about myocarditis maybe being tempered by some of the new studies that we're getting, we'll, we'll agree to go, but we're going to go a month after the SEC starts because the SEC is going to start September the 26th. We feel comfortable with that late October date. Maybe go to an eight-game schedule, try to get a division champion so that they can crown a champion mid-December so that they do allow a team like Ohio State. And, hey, Ohio State's pushing the train right now because they do know they've got a team that's worthy of being a college football champion. They're pushing this. Nebraska can step back a little bit. Nebraska pushed early and I think got the ball rolling down the hill a little bit. But this needs to be Ohio State really carrying this thing now because they do have a legitimate national championship team. But the Big Ten to save some face can say, well, okay, because this happened and this happened, we're still not going to be near the first one out of the starting blocks. That's this weekend with the Big 12 and the ACC. And the SEC is late September. We'll go along with this late October thing. Plus, you can allow home games. You can allow home games being happening in Lincoln and other places around the lake where you don't have to go out and rent domes and do all those things that are cost prohibitive to these schools. I can see this making a lot of sense. I understand your reluctance to jump in. I'm there too. But hearing some things today in Lincoln gives me a little bit more hope that maybe a late October start could could happen and and i would certainly take that if we can get some games inside a memorial stadium and maybe wrap up the season by late december you're not going to get 12 i don't know that you can get 10 games in but you could certainly get eight and get a season in and maybe save some guys from just uh, opting out and jumping and getting themselves prepared for the nfl draft next next uh, fall I mean, I I would sign on the dotted line for that right now. To me, the ultimate goal with this whole thrown-together season, whenever it may happen, to me is to be ready for next August and next September. And whether that means shortening a season and and starting in in January – or keeping the season the length that you that you want it and and move it up till October I'm for whatever is going to allow the Big Ten to be able to compete at the same time as every other conference next next fall time so to me that's the biggest goal here because you know you think about I, I don't think there's a scenario that that there's a bowl system that the Big Ten's included in I I just uh, Maybe there is. I haven't really thought enough about it to, to know for sure what that might look like if the Big Ten's going to be able to play some of those conferences that have already started playing at the end of the year. I think a lot of things would have to go right um, for that to happen. But so that being said, I'm okay with, you know, this season's already messed up in my eyes, Greg. Like, I, like this season is already going to be weird no matter how it's played. The only way this would have been somewhat normal is if the Big Ten was kicking off this Saturday and there wasn't fans. It still wouldn't have been normal, but we would have been on track. So to me, like, this season's already messed up the way it is. Let's not mess up next season. Let's, let's, let's leave next season alone find a way to make this weird season happen however it's going to happen and get our guys in a position where they can be ready to play next fall to me that's kind of where my mind is do I want football like 
last week, of course. <laughs> like, I definitely want football. I don't want to be sitting here, you know, watching every other conference play and not have the Huskers play. I want Nebraska to play. I want Nebraska to play now, but I don't want to do it at the expense of next season with it already being a pretty messed up year. Yep. No, I hear you. How much do you think Ohio State's pushing right now? I mean, I, I made the comment that Nebraska kind of started this thing, but really the fight needs to be from the Buckeyes because they have a legitimate national yeah. championship squad. And my tone would be completely different if we were the Buckeye radio network. I mean, I, and I think yours would be too. If, if you know, we're this way sometimes with Husker baseball, you know, when we know that we're going to have a good team, I mean, you can't wait for that season to start. You're, I mean, even it, for them, Greg, it probably even started after that loss to Clemson. Wait till mm-hmm. next year. Wait, yeah. wait till, wait till we can get this thing rolling again next year. And you know, it was honestly that way a little bit after year one with Scott Frost. Now we know how how year two went. It was pretty disappointing. But you know, when you have a good team that you feel can compete. And at Ohio State's level, compete at a national level for a national title, you better believe you're going to be doing everything you can to get that season played. And I would be doing the exact same thing. If I had a guy like Justin Fields and a transfer like Trey Sermon and some of the weapons that that I have offensively in a a really talented wide receiver group and a lot of parts back defensively, I I would be – beating that drum until that thing wears out so yeah if I'm Ohio State my tone is a little bit different than it is right now um I would be have a completely different take on Adam's tweet about playing in the playoff than I do being in Nebraska situation because that would be the the whole point to playing the season you know if, if you're Ohio State and you're clamoring to play you're not clamoring to play to potentially play Oregon at the end of the year for a Rose Bowl you're you're clamoring to play so you get a chance at beating Bama or Clemson or LSU or somebody else Oklahoma in a national championship and raise a raise a banner that that's that's why you're wanting the season to happen yeah well it'll it'll be interesting there there's certainly I think a lot going on and I do think it and and Teddy wrote this last week and I agree that the whatever the Big Ten's going to do they need to make some kind of announcement soon and we're getting and Bill Moose said when we had him with us a couple of weeks ago, he thought they would have something, and he's part of that committee, that uh, return-to-play committee. He thought they would have something by mid-September. We're, we're a week away from mid-September. What is today? Today's the 9th? Well, we're six days away from technically the September the 15th. But, but just for the players' sake, Ben, they need to know something. They need to know, is it November? Is it late October? Is it January? We need to know, and the coaches want to know, so they can start structuring workouts, lifts, all those type of things to get ready. But this limbo part, just, this is for the birds. you got to get something out there for these guys to know where, what they're shooting for. Yeah, and that's why we, we had a caller kind of call me out you know, about a month ago um, saying that, you know, talking about that very thing, and, and that was my retort was I – if you, if you can't give these guys any tangible information and, and can have them continue to show up to work out, you know, that's going to wear off. You know, they're, they're, they're young men. They're, they're in college. Like, they, they want to know what, what they're playing for and, and when they're going to play. And when, I mean, they can't even be told when they can put their shoulder pads on next right. and go compete. That, that, there's, you can only do certain things for so long before you show up going, what are we doing? You know, what, yeah. what is going on? I, I, I'm going to go home tonight and watch SMU play 
but I can't even put my shoulder pads on. Like that's going to take over the human nature of it is going to take over at some point. And I, I mean, it, it would happen to me now, even at, you know, age 30, that would happen to me. So I, I'm wanting to know, you know, if I'm a player information and they just haven't gotten it, which in turn, you know, this is just round and round in circles we go, which led to that lawsuit. They, they just want information. They want to know what, what's happening and when they're allowed to be playing again. Yeah. All right. Big show coming up tonight. Uh, if you want to join us, we're going to do the uh, hear from Jeremiah Searles of their Husker huddle next, and then we'll open up some phone lines later on. Our huddle with Cam Meredith coming up. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of Husker Huddle. I'm your host, Jeremiah Searles, here at the Husker Sports Network. Today, we are joined by my former neighbor, actually, that I lived uh, in college with here, former defensive lineman, Cam Meredith. Cam, how you doing, my friend? Good. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. Just enjoying the last few days of summer as we switch to fall here in Nebraska. Weird fall here. No football, not gearing up for football. I mean, last year, I was getting the notification, or last week, and I was getting the notifications for um, last time this year, you're at your first game, and it, it's a weird feeling here, but it, it's good that the weather's starting to change. But how are things out there in California, man? How have you been? It's it's pretty good. You know, um, we uh, I, I started a construction company out here and do some real estate, so uh, I've been pretty busy. And, um, you know, I'm from California, so it, it's good to be back. I, I obviously enjoyed Nebraska when I was out there, but um, this is my home. This is where my family's at. And um, obviously, weather's been great, and it's always great. <laughs> so, yeah, you, you pay for your weather out there. I remember when I was with the Chargers out there, it was just I got sunburned on Christmas Eve, and I was like, this, is, this isn't right. But um, so you left Nebraska, and you moved back to California. Kind of where, what, have, what have the steps for you been since you've transitioned really out of football and into the business world now? You graduated, I think, one year before me, 2012, if I recall. Um, what have you been doing over the past decade almost? I mean, it's crazy to think we're getting old, Cam. But kind of what has been yeah. the establishment or um, the line of what you've led to now? Yeah, good question. Um, so I've kind of had an interesting career path. Um, obviously, throughout my whole life, I was playing football and uh, never really knew what I wanted to do. Um, so after college, after I was done with football, um, I was actually working um, with my dad. He owns a security event management company. So I was working a lot of music festivals, concerts, mm. managing state, stuff like that. Um, that was cool, but I didn't want to really be in that industry just because it was late nights and, and it's kind of sporadic and you're around a bunch of drunk people. <laughs> so it wasn't really for me. And um, I decided to go into um, manage management. And so I was uh, managing an entire Sears and then um, realized I was good at it, but I hated retail. So um, I actually left that, started doing solar sales because it's pretty big in California. Um, and then at that point, when I was doing solar, I got my real estate license. And then um, for the past four years, I've been doing uh, real estate. And then during that time, it was mostly just residential. I was working with homeowners and investors. And then um, after that, I decided, hey, um, we, we get a lot of uh, construction leads. I can start doing a lot of construction. So I partnered up with a couple partners who have been doing construction for about 10, 15 years. 
And uh, it took me to where we're at now where we do real estate and we build custom homes and we also build ADUs, which stands for accessory dwelling unit. Hmm. Um, and it's a niche here in California because we're, we're very uh, tight on housing, especially in these bigger cities. So what people are doing is they're converting their garages into apartments. So wow. um, we'll, go in, we'll convert that detached garage or we'll build just a freestanding unit in their backyard. So um, it's pretty interesting and it changes the game for real estate. So that's kind of what I do now. And that's, that's my niche is building those ADUs. Dude, that's awesome. I, I love the getting caught back up with guys that I played football with when I was here and seeing really how they've moved on in life. I mean, so few people get to actually go into the NFL and we have so many former guys that have gone and been incredibly successful at a lot of other things. I had Blake Lawrence on the show a couple of weeks back and he talked about things. I mean, watching you over via social media and how you've grown and how you've been has been really fun. It's interesting that how did Nebraska really prepare you? And I mean, really, you were Pelini staff the whole time like I was. I mean, do you still take things from what you learned here from Nebraska and really the football program in particular and really helped you shape into your professional career once you moved on? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, it's ingrained in, in who I am, you know, and um, that goes from all the way, you know, as little league, high school, but especially college, as you said, I think Bo ran a pretty tight program as far as accountability and not putting up with a lot of BS. And um, I think that helped me just realize, um, you know, to be very structured, to be on time, do the little things, which are really important. And, and surprisingly enough, that, that holds true in the business world because you'd be surprised at how many people don't call people back, how many people don't respond to an email. And it's all these little things where if I see that in someone, it's like, nah, I, sorry, I, I think, you know, <laughs> it's not gonna work out right. because you, you don't operate that way, you know? So it's definitely helped me um, and instill my business, I guess, um, mindset and just how I approach the day. Um, I always have a schedule. I always have a plan. Um, I, I always hold myself accountable. I have people hold me accountable. So, yeah, I, I've learned a lot from, from football and specifically Bo and, and his staff. Yeah, I think that that's one thing people understand, and I, I'm learning it now as I'm transitioning out of football too, is not everyone is focused on the details all the time. And I, I think oh. that, that it drives me insane. And I, I think I have to check myself. Like in football, if you're not focused on the details all the time, like you're going to get beat and cost the team. And mm -hmm. like, so you, you really have that accountability from other people. And I've learned kind of as you transition into different career paths, that's like someone doesn't respond to an email or someone doesn't call you back. Like they're not worried about it, but it like drives me insane. <laughs> Yeah, same here. It's just like, I honestly, I, I would say like 70 to 75% of people are just lazy or just do the bare minimum, you know? Absolutely. <laughs> my, my, that's my number out here, at least in California. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, California is a different breed, man. As far as I, we asked a lot of the people that are going through OTAs and stuff, guys that are in the NFL, how COVID has really affected them and how they've had to really kind of adapt and overcome. I'm sure that COVID has affected you guys in a lot of different ways. How have you had to maybe adapt and overcome some obstacles over these last six months of with the government shutdown? I mean, California, you guys are still really shut down. Like, what are some things that you've been able to do to keep yourself going here? You know, it, it was hard. Uh, the first, like, two months during the whole real lockdown, um, real estate was kind of shut off. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it did put a strain on the market. Like right now, inventory is down 30% in Orange County year over year. So people are afraid to sell their homes and um, there's still a lot of buyers. So um, for us, it's a weird real estate market. And um, during that time, we had to 
obviously sit down and figure out what we're going to do. Luckily, we still had a lot of these construction jobs going, and uh, that kind of kept us afloat. And then we saw after that that two-month lockdown, things started to ease up and um, get back to normal. So for us, uh, at first, it was it was a little adjustment. It still is. I mean, when you do real estate showings, you have to sign papers before you get in. You have to wear gloves, booties, all this stuff. I mean, I get it, you know, but it's just a pain in the butt. And um, unfortunately, that's kind of what we have to do now. But California is um, obviously more lockdown friendly. Um, and I think people here are getting a little sick of it. I mean, I get the whole situation, but um, I'm telling you, I, I hear local business owners and people talking all the time. And, and at some point, um, you know, it, it's, it's a little much here in California, at least in my opinion. No, I think I think everyone here in the heartland agrees with you, Cam. Um, you're, you're a Midwest boy at heart, and we love you for it. Um, one thing I yeah. want to talk about a little Husker football here as we switch gears. Um, again, no, no fall here in Nebraska. It's a weird thing. And I think that there's been a lot of news going on in the Big Ten as far as, I mean, Trump's said that he called Kevin Warren. Kevin Warren came out, said with the lawsuit coming from Nebraska. I mean, what do you think the impact is? And you, you just touched on a little bit about business owners and stuff. Is Now that you're in the business world, that football's so much more here than just 11 on 11 inside Memorial Stadium. It's the lifeblood for a lot of these businesses. I mean, imagine, like, what do you think is going to happen to areas like the Haymarket and O Street? Like, do you think Lincoln can survive a fall without football? I, I do, you know, and, um, you know, I think the Big Ten has to figure out what they're going to do at some point. Um, I mean, you have, you know, mostly every other major conference playing. Um, we're just one of the ones that are not. So um, I think for a town like Lincoln, I think it'll be fine. Um, you know, I think a lot of people still like to go out and support local business in Lincoln, especially that downtown area. Um, it, it's, a, it's a very good community like that. So I think they'll be okay. Um, obviously, it's gonna be a big adjustment. And, um, you know, people are going to feel weird not having football, you know, the, the first few months of fall. But uh, I think, you know, again, they'll figure it out. I think football will eventually come. Um, it's just a matter of, you know, when that is. I mean, we hope it comes. I think we, uh, the earliest we saw maybe, you know, late October, Thanksgiving start. But let's, flash, let's fast forward and say we do start in Thanksgiving what are you expecting to see out of this? You, you're in about a, you're one year farther removed than I am from this football team, but you told me a little bit. You still watch them. Still a big Husker fan. I mean, we always we were a part of special fraternity. We wore that N on the side of our helmets. Year three Scott Frost program, new defense, new defense coordinators, no defensive linemen all over the place. You're a former defensive lineman. What are you looking for, especially from the black shirts here in year three of Scott Frost? You know, I, I I would just say this. I, I believe in Scott Frost. Um, I think obviously I think he knows what he's doing. Um, it does take a while to get things going, and um, I, I think he he can turn it around. And, and and I see that. And I think the most important thing is culture, and um, you know breeding that culture, that winning culture. And I think he's trying to do that. And I and I think he'll be okay. Um, but again, it's 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 you know the program. It, it did take a little setback. Um, as we know, during that Riley era. Um, and that's that's pretty much what I can say. I do believe in Scott Frost. I believe in his coaches, his uh, picks for coaches. And I think he'll he'll get us on the right path. I agree. I think everyone in Huskerland agrees with you. I think everyone was excited to see what 
we could get on the field here this fall. But I, I mean, as you know, I think that there's a little bit of development time that like maybe we can sneak in here if season really isn't until October might benefit this Nebraska young football team. I mean, they got a lot of pieces that need development. And so no spring ball, kind of a limited fall camp that was going to hurt us. But I mean, you played as a young guy. I played as a young guy. What, how hard is it to really go out there when the bullets are flying as a redshirt freshman and trying to get your feet wet, but also needing and feeling that pressure to contribute when you're on the field? Yeah, it, it's hard. I mean, you know, when you're a lot of these these guys are you know 18 years old, 19 years old, um, playing with grown grown men. You know, I mean, it's it's totally different. So I, I agree with you. I, I think that. Um, you know, if they have more time to prepare, that could be definitely a huge benefit for us, especially with a lot of these young guys. I mean, again, I don't follow too closely. I do know we have a lot of young players that need to develop. Um, but yeah, I, I would totally agree that um, that extra time, we, we can get better and we should get better. Absolutely. Well, Cam, we appreciate you joining us here on Husker Huddle, Husker Huddle here on the Husker Sports Network. We're excited to keep continuing up, and we'll be catching up with you soon. It's awesome to hear your story, kind of where you've grown, how you've grown since you've left here in Nebraska. We wish you to stay safe out there in California during these times and hope that things can get back to normal for you. Anything else you'd like to say to Husker Nation before you head out? No worries. Uh, I'll be back for a game this year, hopefully. And um, Jeremiah, I'll come see you and, and your family and your dog and, and your, your newborn and all that. So I can't wait to go out. Um, if you guys are, ever, if you're ever out here, let me know. I'd love to see you guys. I know your wife's from California, yep. so um, I'd love to see you guys. Absolutely, man. Next time you're here, we'll have to we'll bring up the glory days from when we used to live next to each other. Maybe throw a few garage parties. Yeah, we, we have to. Uh, I didn't get into too much detail here because this is rated PG, but there's a, there's a lot of rated, uh, you know, R stuff. <laughs> it happens. You know, college is, college is a fun time. So we thank you for joining us here, Cam. We'll catch you guys next week here on Husker Huddle. Okay, see you, man. Welcome back, Sports Nightly. Wednesday night, Greg Sharp, Ben McLaughlin with you. Tim Curran in charge of everything back on our studios. Wednesday nights, we like to check in with our guy in the big leagues, the former host of this show, Lane Grindle. His voice will sound familiar. And that ball's gone. Bye-bye baseball. His knowledge is endless. He looked so fast. It was unbelievable. He's our Major League Baseball insider. Just ate a brownie, so I'm ready to go. Lane Grindle. 19 to nothing. Man, save some runs for tomorrow, huh? Yeah, that was, that was wild. The Brewers' offense has struggled really all season long and so for that kind of a breakout it's it's one of those throw your hands up and say that's baseball we, we've been saying that this offense is underachieved that that there was a higher ceiling than what we've seen that there's a little bit more in there and you know we'll we'll see if this carries over and this is the sign of something to get started with this offense but it was certainly a, a much needed step in the right direction for the Brewers offensively. And, you know, they set a, a franchise record with 13 extra base hits today. And that was really good to see a lot of doubles. They had had uh, a season high of four doubles in a game a couple of times before today. They had four doubles in the second inning today. And I think they finished with uh, eight doubles in the contest. So this was a, a really good approach from the start. And, uh, kind of overshadows what was a brilliant pitching performance by Corbin Burns and overshadows a guy that's turning into a Cy Young candidate in the Brewers rotation right now that not a lot of people are talking about. He lowered his ERA to 199 today. He's among the league leaders in strikeouts, and he's only been in the rotation for about four weeks. So Wait. it's pretty exciting stuff from a young ace. 
Lane, there was a lot of talk a couple weeks ago about how scoring was down uh, across the league in the, at least the first month or so. Is that I, I, I haven't tracked it. Is the trend still that way, or do you notice any of that as you go through the scores on a daily basis? Um, you know, I guess I haven't noticed it in, in, a, in a great way. I mean, I, I think you saw early on there were a lot of averages that were down. There was some scoring that was down. Pitchers certainly seemed ahead of the hitters at the beginning of the year, and I, I didn't really anticipate that that would be the case. Um, I thought with warmer weather and everything else, and, and just typically a guy can go to spring training and get, you know, a veteran guy can go to spring training and get 25 at-bats, and they're ready to go typically. So I really thought this shorter summer camp would probably benefit the, the hitters more than the pitchers because the pitchers need a little bit more time to ramp up typically, but it was kind of the opposite. The pitchers came out ready to go and the hitters really struggled uh, out of the gate. You are seeing a lot of guys take off now. I mean, Trout's out of his mind right now, really hot. Marcelo Zuna is doing what he typically does. He gets into one of those two or three week stretches where he gets really hot and hits a bunch of home runs. So I, I think it's normalizing maybe is, is the right word. Uh, for it all but it's been interesting to follow and I mean it's just weird because it feels like you're just starting to settle into the season Greg and we're really you know winding it down now I mean the Brewers finished up the the road trip this afternoon and they come home for a, a homestand with the Cubs Cardinals and Royals and then they're done at Miller Park this year and then they go on the road for a two city trip and the season's over it's really hard to wrap your mind around it. And it's been hard, I think, for front offices to evaluate players as a result of it. Uh, the Brewers have a couple of examples of that. Brock Holt and Justin Smoke, in a normal year, they probably hang in there with them and see if they can get themselves righted. But they had to designate them for assignment and release them because they just don't have that kind of time to wait around on guys. And now Brock Holt's with the Nationals, and he's hitting pretty well. So you're, you're playing a lot of guessing games with some of that stuff. One team that's caught fire and certainly is in the race now in the NL East of the Philadelphia Phillies. What what do you see from them? And they've got an Omaha young guy from Omaha that's tearing it up, Alex Bohm, who's came out of Wichita State. Yeah, Alec Bohm's really good, and he's come up big in a lot of clutch situations for them, which is pretty impressive for the lack of experience that he has, that he's been able to do what he's been able to do. Um, they're, they're a good team. I've always liked them from a position player standpoint. I think they have a good rotation and they've shored up the bullpen a little bit with some of the moves they made at the deadline, and they needed to because their bullpen was really atrocious early on in the season, and they got off to a slow start. But, look, I like where they're at from a managerial standpoint. I think Joe Girardi's a very good manager. I think he's got good pieces to work with there, and I think they'll be a threat in the NL. This postseason format's going to be fun, Greg, because everybody's kind of on pretty equal footing. The one seed to the eighth seed, they're in that big a difference. Now, if, if, they, if they travel to sites, there will be. But if they end up doing it in a bubble and they haven't confirmed what they're going to do yet in terms of where the postseason is going to be played, if they do end up doing it, doing it in a bubble, there's not that big of a difference between the one seed and the eight seed at that point. And so it could get a little crazy, and that's fun. Don't they need to make that decision fairly soon? I think, you know, we're, we're, we're going to be in the middle of September here in about three or four days. Yeah, I would think in the next week we would probably see some sort of a decision on that. That would be my guess. And if we don't see a decision on it, it probably means they're not going to put it in a bubble because the original plan was not to do that. The original plan was to play the first round, those first three games, at the home site of the higher seed. And so that's kind of the, the plan. And if they don't say something in the next week, my guess is it'll be like a football replay, you know, the stand, the call stands. <laughs> it's it's not confirmed. Yeah. But the call stands. Uh, that would be my guess, but uh, we'll see. 
And uh, I think it's going to be interesting. See, I mean, really, it's this has worked pretty well. I mean, people were critical of baseball early on, and there was a couple of outbreaks with the Marlins and Phillies. There's been some positive tests here and there along the way. But MLB, I think they deserve so much credit, in my opinion, for how they, they learned from the first two situations. They changed their protocols, their safety, their health protocols as a result of it, and they pushed forward. And I think that in order for sports to resume again, somebody had to go out there and do it. And I think baseball has proven uh, a pretty good path forward for the rest of sports. I know basketball did what they did, but they also did it in a bubble, which is great. I, I mean, I think that's that's commendable. But for sports to really resume down the road as normal again, we're going to have to be able to play them outside of the bubble to get fans and everything else back in there and the, and the, the format that – MLB has would allow you to open up the gates really at any point in time if you felt like it was safe enough to make that call. So um, I think what MLB has done has been really commendable, and I'm glad they've done it the way they have. Lane Grindle's with us. He's our Major League Baseball insider here on Sports Nightly on the Husker Sports Network. We all know what Jackie Robinson means to the African-American community and his influence on the sports world. I'm going to ask you about Roberto Clemente because I know today was the day that Puerto Rican players were allowed to wear the number 21 in honor of Roberto Clemente. And your broadcast partner, Bob Uecker, would have would have played the same era of Roberto Clemente. Is he talked about much? And, and, man, what a great player. He certainly was in the same ilk of a player as Jackie Robinson was. He's one of the greatest players that ever played the game, Greg. Um, I don't know if you saw this. I was talking about this on the broadcast last night. Uh, before the season started, it was June or July, there was a video that went viral on, on Twitter and online of him making a throw off of his back foot from the warning track in right field and gunning down a runner at the plate. And it was, I, I, it was stupid to watch, to be honest with you. Uh, he was so special. Uh, what was he, the, the, the 71 World Series MVP MVP of the league in 66, uh, 15-time All-Star, I think, Roberto Clemente was, and 100-time human All-Star. I mean, that's the other part of the Roberto Clemente story is that he's one of the great people that we've had probably walk the face of the earth and certainly one of the greatest humans that's ever played baseball in terms of character and everything else that comes along with it. Um, I know that the Puerto Rican players were – uh, glad that they were able to wear the number 21. And then, really, other guys said, hey, we want to do it too. Brent Suter did it for the Brewers. He reached out and asked for permission, and they granted it to him to wear the number 21. And I think you'll see more momentum with this moving forward. I think you're going to see, um, similarly to how we have a Jackie Robinson day, I think we're going to have a Roberto Clemente day moving forward. And I think it's it, it, rightfully so. I'm Catholic. Roberto Clemente was almost canonized. I mean, there, there was conversation about it, of whether or not they could make him a saint. That's how special of a person Roberto Clemente is, because I think you know that that's pretty hard to do, to be canonized. Mm-hmm. And so uh, beyond all the unbelievable things he's done on the field, this is a, just a tremendous human being. And I think it's, it's somebody that MLB baseball should be eternally grateful played their game. And I think they should raise him up and they should highlight him every chance they get. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but the Kansas City Chiefs play tomorrow night. You aware of that? I don't know if you know this, but they won the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> it was pretty awesome. I don't know if you watched. It was great. Uh-huh. They came in the fourth quarter. It was awesome. Uh, yeah, I know. I'm excited. Um, 
I have to, you know, be a little careful up here because the Packers fans, they're, I, they're a little bit loyal. <laughs> they're, they're a lot like Husker fans. Um, but I don't hide it too much. I mean, I, I pretty much wear it on my sleeve that I'm a big Chiefs fan. And and why wouldn't you? They're, they're Super Bowl champs. they got the best player in the NFL, and they have pretty good cast around them. They're going to be good for a long time. So I enjoy it. We paid for yeah. this, man. It was a long time coming, Greg. Will you be able to watch the game, or are you going to have to DVR it, or, or what's your plan? Well, I, I asked Major League Baseball when they decided to play <laughs> six games to get the Brewers an off day on this day. So luckily, we got an off day, so I have no distractions. I am sitting on the couch watching the Chiefs tomorrow night. It's going to be awesome. Very good. All right, so off day tomorrow, then what do the crew have? Uh, the Cubs come to town, three with the Cubs, and then five in three days with the Cardinals, two doubleheaders. And then an off day the next Thursday, and then the Royals come to town for three. So, the whole, you know, hopefully the Royals and I can – we won't be able to talk because I can't get down on the same field, you know, right now because of COVID. But otherwise, we would talk about the Chiefs hopefully being 1-0 at that point. Very good. All right, well, enjoy the Chiefs. Have a great week. We'll talk next Wednesday. All right, thanks, Greg. Here we are, Sports Nightly, Wednesday night, final hour of this night. Big hour, buy, sell, coming your way here in a couple of minutes. We'll have some open phones later on in the hour to get over some of the day, go over some of the day's headlines. But let's get it underway with buy, sell. It's time to buy or sell. Buy sell is brought to you by Famous Dave's, your perfect catering choice for business lunches, meetings, weddings, parties, and more. Treat your guests to authentic smoked daily barbecue, made from scratch sides, and award-winning desserts. Famous Dave's, we do catering right. Now here's the hosts of Buy or Sell, Tim Curran. Sold. And Austin Orman. Welcome, folks, to another week. Another glorious, glorious week of Buy Sell with a twist. Everyone plays edition. Well, everyone plays, but not everyone wins. Uh, notably, my co host went 207 last week and uh, is uh, not, not to spoil anything, but he's, he's not exactly leading the pack uh, in, in terms of, of Buy Sell. But more on that in a minute. But I, I hope you gentlemen are ready. Uh, for this week. Who is your cohort today? Uh, it is Mr. Orman, if you heard the open, sir. Hi, Austin. Evening, gentlemen. How are we doing? It's Despite just a pleasure to be down. here. You know, I'm just, just happy to be here. <laughs> he sounds happy, right? We just <laughs> give him the privilege of, of, now, of doing buy-sell, and he's already... Have we... Austin, have we determined, is it a cold, or do you have allergies because the hay fever has been really bad lately. this is a cold you got right officially a cold yeah i did go in and get all yeah. the prerequisite testing and everything done it's a cold i'm pretty much over it now heavy medication over the weekend helped immensely yeah, gotcha. better not be covid because yeah. he's 10 feet away from me so <laughs> hey more than six feet that's right we were socially distant in this here husker sports op center well that begins uh with a, actually a college football answer from last week greg uh, should be proud of this line by or so that byu and navy would combine to score more than 52 points total in monday night's game well the answer did up ending be a buy uh largely thanks to the work byu did there were 58 total points BYU score 55, Navy the <laughs> other three. Uh, Greg, though, wrong with the sell. Greg got that wrong yeah. as well. Everyone else correct with the buy. 
Yeah, root for points, baby. How about them lining up for the field goal down half a hundred? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that was pretty odd. They just didn't want the shutout. They didn't want the goose egg. No, sure. that was a, that was sad. I mean, yeah, Kenny Amatololo has been getting some some criticism for not letting his team do live yeah. tackles, and deservedly so. Uh, that was a pretty rough watch, if I do say so myself. All right, the second question from last week was a great question about the PGA. Buy or sell that the Tour Championship is won by either Dustin Johnson or John Rahm. Everyone but me sold it. The correct answer, though, was a buy. Dustin Johnson ended up taking it by three shots over Xander Schofley and Justin Thomas. Not only did I buy, I did correctly call DJ as well. Congratulations. Now, pat yourself more on the back, please, Austin. We could use some. (laughs) After you ripped me in the the You had a 50-50 chance. You got a 50-50 chance. There's only two guys you can pick from. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Man, how good has he been? Dustin Man. Johnson's just been phenomenal. Now, bring him back down yet. Well, we have a couple answers we can't yet get to because they're in the far, far future. But one of mine that I asked from last week from the National Hockey League, buyers sell that the New York Islanders would outshoot the Flyers in game six by at least five shots, and the game would be decided by one goal. Well, the answer was a buy. Uh, the Islanders out absolutely outshot the Flyers. It was like 53-31, to 31, and the Flyers won 5-4, to four, and if I did my math right, that's just one goal. Uh, Brett and I were both uh, clairvoyant and bought it and got it right. Everyone else, wrong with the sell. Man, I'm not, I gotta get off the. I gotta get a win here somewhere. Oh, yeah. It's coming, but not, not right now. I'm taking your licks this week. Moving on to the Kentucky Derby, Josh asked if you guys would buy or sell that Tis the Law would win the Kentucky Derby by one length or more. The correct answer was a sell. He finished in second place and not fulfilling the question. You guys both sold it and were correct. Took the field, didn't we, Ben? Yep, got to take the field. Well, this one, uh, moving on to the U.S. Open, this is the one that Austin uh, whipped up here. Buy or sell that at least four of the eight semifinalists in the men and women's singles would be unseated. The answer did up end up being a sell. As going in today, there were already four seated players through and two more matchups of seated players, guaranteeing two or fewer unseated. And literally everyone besides me sold it and got it right. Uh, I, I took the L on this one. I stood alone. Um, I stood up for myself and uh, ended up <laughs> eating the dirt. <laughs> got it wrong. <laughs> Too bad. So sad. Moving on. Now I got a streak going here. Oh, yeah. Two in a row. Really just picking things up. Well, make it three for both of you. Tim asked, buy or sell that there are at least two goals scored in the first period of action between the Canucks and the Golden Knights. There was only one goal scored, so that was a sell. You guys both sold that one and were correct. And everybody else? Josh and I sold it while Brett and Tim bought. So 50% back in the production room. Okay. Oh, yeah. Canucks won that one for nothing. Uh, I did not see that. I buy all my own questions because I think I'm good at setting lines. Uh, not so. Was not the case. Which brings us to Brett's. <laughs> Speaking of setting good lines, uh, the, the last we, we wrap up with, with Brett's uh, question from last week. Buy or sell that at least 71 goals would be scored across the 27 <laughs> opening matches one. in the UEFA <laughs> Nations League tournament. I'm sure you guys were all glued into that like I was. Uh, the answer was a sell. There were 57, so we are uh-huh. off by a, a fair few. I bought it. Um, everyone bought it but me. Uh, the soccer expert in the room sold it 
and got it right. Everyone else are Man. suckers and bought it. Wasn't a very good line either. No, it was terrible. Um, yeah. but, but let's also just keep in mind that that number came from Brett's imagination. I don't know if he was like checking Vegas odds or what with that line, but that that was that was nothing. That was not good. Um, well, anyway, that brings us to the totals. Uh, Greg and Ben, you'll be delighted to hear you guys still uh, lead this here season at seven of twelve. Um, but Greg, yeah, just two of seven this week. Uh, that, a little bit rough, but you're you're still tied with Ben as seven of twelve. Ben, you went five of seven this week. Uh, Josh, he's what? Is that right, Ben? You got five right this week? No, maybe maybe I'm looking at last week's totals. I think that's we don't last week's totals. Now you're right. You're right. In fact, I actually skipped over them. Here we go. <laughs> Drum roll, please, for the new totals, the accurate totals. Uh, Greg, you went 4 of 9, and Ben, 4 of 9. Oh, yeah. uh, both That's are right. 11 of 21. Josh is also 11 of 21. He went 5 of 9 this week. Uh, Brett, 10 of 21, and, and so is myself. Austin, just 8 of 21 Ooh, on Austin. the season. He went 5 of 9 this week, though, but it was pretty rough for him last week. And Austin bringing up the rear. It ain't good. It ain't looking mm. good. Hopefully, uh, better days are ahead there, Mr. Orman. Yeah. Austin, you, you'll, you'll get it going here. It's just a little slow start. It's a long, long haul. I, I'm not worried. Five and nine last week, and, uh, you know, like, it's got me feeling good headed into this week. So, yeah, rough start, but, hey, plenty of season left. Well, that brings us on to the, uh, the, the questions, and, Ben, I believe you are leading us off this week. I am. I am the, uh, I am the champion. I am the headmaster this week. So we'll start with uh, my question first. Buy or sell that both wild cards in Major League Baseball are decided by one game or less. So we're talking the last team to get into the playoffs, one game or less with the first team left out of the playoffs. And I'm going to buy that. I think the rate, particularly in one of the leagues, is we'll, we'll probably get there with so many teams uh, tying that. The other one could be a little more iffy, but I, I'm going to say both decided by one game or less. Nah. Nah, it'll separate out of here. I'm selling that. So yeah. those are spots. Those are the, sp- the last team in, spot eight to spot nine. That's what you're talking about, right? Yes. So both leagues, spot eight to spot nine, one game difference? No. So. Yeah, I think I think you could probably argue one of those would be decided by one game, but I'm selling that too. I, I think that's, yeah, that's a little too much for me. Sell. Sell. I think it'd be good for baseball if both were decided by one game or less. I just have a hard time seeing that happen, so I'll, I'll sell as well. All right. This question comes via Josh. Buy or sell that the team in the NFL with the worst record this season has four wins or more and comes from the NFC South or AFC South. So four wins or more. And comes from the NFC South or AFC South. You guys know how I stand on and <laughs> questions. It's an automatic sell. Oh, <laughs> I like the four win line. That's it's good. Uh, you know what? I don't know about so it comes from the NFC gonna, South. Who's he thinks going to be so bad in that division? Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. See, that's Jacksonville's terrible. That's what I'm. Okay. That's what it's. That's the only thing that's catching me is I, I think the and is tough. I'm going to buy it. I'm gonna. I don't I'm think gonna they get it. to four. You see them getting to four. So they've got to get to four wins or more. Right. No. The, the, the worst four. team getting to four. Nope. Yeah, nope, nope. yeah, I'm selling too. Did everybody answer? 
Austin has Besides it. Besides Mr. Orman. Okay. I'm sorry, I just didn't I didn't I didn't hear I just wanted to make sure. I didn't I want just, to step on anybody's toes. Yeah. Audit, wanna, Austin, I'm the leading the charge here. Off. You can take all the adequate time that you need, all right? I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> thanks for your approach to this. I the thing that's giving me pause is that Washington is going to be absolutely horrible as well. And they're not a southern team. Huh. I, yeah, sell. I guess I'll sell. Fit in. What? Well, and that was Josh's question. Yes, was. that was. What Josh's did he question. do? Do we know what he did or not? I no, was not submitted an answer, an answer. Okay. 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 All right. All right. My next. Uh, I'm up next. Um, I'm going college football. There are six games this weekend involving top 25 teams. Do you buy or sell that any of those games are decided by single digits? Hmm. Oh, I'd buy that. Got to be at least one in there. I'm buying that. Austin, you're next. I'm trying to look up the schedule to see which top 25 teams we're talking about here. Let's see. Well, I'll go ahead and answer since I'm ready. I am selling that. I think the only one that comes close is Iowa State. They're an 11-point favorite over Louisiana. You've got Duke against Notre Dame. You have Clemson against Wake Forest. Um, somebody plays Oklahoma, yeah, Missouri, Missouri State. State that won't be single digits. Bold prediction. Yeah. That one will not be single digits. <laughs> <laughs> and I think Texas is in there with UTEP. Does that sound right? Yes. Yes. That is correct. And that makes it a very easy sell. None of those are going to be close. And I'm selling as well. And the only Ben's right. The only one that's a little iffy would be the Iowa State. I'm, I'm on that cyclone train, though, I'm, I'm, so that's why I'm selling it. Okay. All right. So next will be Tim. It will be, that's right, me with uh, another NHL question. I have labeled myself NHL expert here. Uh, buy or sell that the Tampa Bay Lightning sweep the Islanders or a Lightning player records a hat trick during the series last night or the other night, whichever night. Uh, you'll recall that the Lightning put past eight goals uh, past the Islanders. That was quite an impressive total. That's not where they're at right now. I believe it's still tied up at one-to-one. But uh, anyways, buy or sell, lightning sweep, or a lightning player records a hat trick during the series. Uh, for myself, I'm going to buy that because I buy all my questions. That's how I operate. Okay, then. I'm going to sell it. I, I'm not buying a sweep. Hmm. Do that at your own peril, Austin. I'm Dang. selling, too. Not gonna Austin. get me. Not gonna. Not gonna trip me up with the lightning there, Timmy. <laughs> I, I, I'm with Austin's right. I, I don't see a sweep and a hat trick's pretty hard to do, so I'm selling as well. All right, see so what you guys Tim, stand Tim on. Tim who Tim who buys every question of his is by himself right now. <laughs> yes, he is. I'm fine, <laughs> standing standing tall, shoulders shoulders back and proud. Uh, I'll buy that any day of the week. All right. Well, I have an NFL question for us. I believe it's my nice. turn, right, Mr. Master of Ceremonies? McLaughlin? Yes, you, you, are, you are next in line, my friend. Let's go. All right. I'll send it to your guys' wheelhouse, Greg and Ben. You guys buy or sell that the Chiefs score 37 points against Houston on Thursday? You answer your own question first. I, I'm going to buy it. I think the continuity helps. I don't think Houston has a whole lot on defense, so I will buy the Chiefs with 37 points or more. Man, a lot of points right out of the chute. I'm going to hedge my bet and sell it. I hope they score 100, <laughs> and I won't be mad if I if I get it wrong, but I'm, I, I think that's a lot for week one. I'm going to sell. 
No preseason game. Chance of rain. No chance. Sell it. Down to you, Tim. Well, I'm trying to ponder here. I'll buy it. 37 points seems about right to me. Uh, going by my uh, most predictive and accurate uh, forecast model, my gut. Uh, and right now, my <laughs> gut's telling me 37 points sounds good. So put me down for a buy. All right. Tim's in for a buy. Okay. Back to me. Uh, buy or s- actually, uh, I've got Brett's listed first here, so I'll do Brett's question first. Buy or sell that DeAndre Hopkins finishes the NFL regular season with at least 1,250 yards receiving. One, two, five, zero. I am. I'm going to sell that. I feel like uh, guys that come into new systems can have a harder time. That's a lot of yards. I'm going to sell it. Man, that is a chunk. He's good. That is a chunk. You're going to see some good defenses in that division, though. You have to play twice, so I'll sell as well. Yeah, I'm selling that um, because not only is that a lot, but under normal circumstances, that's a lot to ask, and we're not living under normal circumstances because who's to say he doesn't get, you know, COVID in week three and has to sit out? Or So, yeah, I'm going to sell that. That's a lot. I'll make it a sell as well. I I think there's a better than not chance he gets 1,000, but those last 250 yards are going to be difficult with – you know, all the weapons I think Arizona is developing. And like Greg said, the defense is yes to face in that division. All right. My next question, buy or sell that an FBS that, uh, excuse me, buy or sell that th- at least three FBS football teams score at least 50 points in week one. And it can be a matchup with an FCS team. So three games, three teams of 50 points. And that's this week only, right? That's this week alone. FBS teams this week, three of them, 50 points. I'm going to buy it because I root for points. (laughs) Yeah, I haven't bought much this whole go-around, so I'm going to be with you. I can see Oklahoma doing that. I I can just see, I think Clemson's going to put on a show uh, on Saturday night against Wake. Uh, And there's just some other matchups that look pretty juicy, so I'll buy it. I'm going to buy in mood. Um... And so, with that in mind, I'm going to buy this, too. Because why not? Yeah, buy it all. sign me up. I'll make another buy. Buy it all. Awesome. Wow. Wow. Go around the box. All right, back yeah. to me. Okay, we're going Major League Baseball here. Buy or sell that the Atlanta Braves are still in first place after next Tuesday's game. And I'm going to sell. Ooh. Hmm. Hmm. That's the noise I'm making when I'm trying to think. Uh, well, the standings right now, you got Hotlanta in first, and they're a game and a half. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy it. Why not? I'm buying everything. That's my only guiding philosophy right now. I don't really <laughs> just shooting from the hip. Uh, yeah, put me down for a buy. I'll make I it really... a sec- second buy from the production room. So two buys? It is. Man, I really don't want to agree with Tim, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to buy it. I, I think they are. I like the way they're swinging the bat right now, even though their pitching may let us all down, except for Greg. I mean, hey, it is what it is. I'm, I don't feel bad. I mean, I'm one of Buyer Sell's sharpest minds. 
saying a lot. Uh, one of, you're one of the top six. One of the one in there in, in the conversation. Uh, all right. Buy or sell another NHL National Hockey League queue for you all. Buy or sell to the Dallas Stars in their current series. Uh, score at least two goals for the remainder of each game against the Golden Knights. So they got to get at least two. They haven't done it yet. Uh, they, they, they won one nothing the first game and lost 3-0 in game two. Uh, but they're playing tomorrow night at 7 uh, for game three. But uh, buy or sell the Dallas Stars, get at least two in each remaining game. Uh, and I'm bullish on the on the Stars, so put me down for a buy. Again, because I buy everything that I ask. I feel like two goals is a lot to ask in every game. I, I don't know much about the Vegas defense, but I feel like two's a lot. I, I'm going to sell that one. All right, sucker. Sell at your own risk. Yeah, I'm with Austin. I'm going to sell it, too. I don't feel great about it, though, because they've been scoring. Yeah, but they haven't in this series yet. Well, they, what was last night's final? 3 nothing. Yep, 3-0. And they won one nothing. so they've got one goal in two games, and you're saying two, two. in every game from here on. It just at. means they're due. It just means they're due, Greg. It's like a dam. It's like kind of backed up right now. The goals are going to come out. You try, but I'm not going that direction. <laughs> I'm selling. Tim's really assuming some major regression to the mean just oh, yeah. flooding through here. It's bound to happen. Oh, oh. and before we get to Ben's uh, uh, other questions here, we have to circle back because as our own uh, Josh Hookman, our own Vanna White has informed me, like a bucking Bronco, I just skip past two of our old answers from <laughs> from. We'll do that at the end. Let's do that at but the yeah, end. But yeah, we'll do it at the end. As I said, I'll let you, let you answer it. I'll let you answer questions. Uh, there's only one. There should only be should one. Just line. Be my, one. Just Brett Austin. Austin's. Four Austins. All right. We go to the NBA. So do you guys buy or sell that at least one NBA Western Conference semifinal series goes seven games? Hmm. I'm going to sell it. I think the Lakers take care of business. I think they close it out in five. And Ooh. I think it takes the Clippers six against the Nuggets. Hmm. Man. I'm selling it. I'm going to buy it. I think it's going to happen. I'm going to buy it. It ain't happening. Do you want to call your shot for which one? Um, no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no bonus points would have been awarded uh, anyway, so I could call it back. I, so if I think one of them goes seven, I'm buying. Is that right? Yep. Correct. I think one's going seven, and for an extra point, I'm going to call my shot and say it'll be the Clippers and Nuggets. There we go. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, that would bring us to the end, but I, I have to go back and circle back uh, to the answers because I, I have accidentally, definitely <laughs> handled buy sell this week. Uh, this one was Josh's uh, question, one of Josh's questions from last week. Buy or sell that someone other than Donovan Mitchell would be the leading playoff score in points per game after the first round. The answer was a sell. Mitchell finished the first round with an average of 36.3 points per game, which is not bad, uh, but that's nearly five more than the next highest score. So I got it right with the sell. Brett right with the sell. Josh right with the sell. Everyone else wrong with the buy. Also, we had Brett's. Uh, so who he didn't finish as the top score? Yeah, apparently, that, apparently it was a sell. That's what Josh has written down here. I don't know who did. Would have been... Um, was Murray? Uh, Murray than probably. Him? I mean, yeah, someone had to fact check me on that, but because he, so he ended up with thirty six, and that wasn't the top score. Okay. Apparently not. Wow. Wow. Apparently okay. not. Yeah. 
Uh, another great <laughs> this one not not as impressive as a question but Brett as a soccer one buyers of that Lionel Messi would not play for Barcelona next season and would end up at Manchester City uh, answers a sell not much drama he's going back to Barca uh, Greg and Josh were correct with the sell everyone else uh, bought that fake rumor mill hook line and sinker got it wrong with the buy so Greg correct with the sell there um, but yeah so Greg you were actually very sad you, you started off the off the the, the answer's pretty poorly, but turns out you yeah. started out 0 for 1, so good for you. Good for you. Nice. I picked up a little steam there toward the end. All right. boy. Nice. Good. Our Sports Nightly Hotline brought to you by the Woodhouse Auto family, bringing you more choices in brands, locations, and service. Experience the difference. Purchase with confidence. This is Woodhouse. Final few minutes of Sports Nightly. Here on a Wednesday night, the NFL gets going tomorrow. How many fantasy leagues you in? I know you're in our Sports Nightly one. Uh, I'm in three total, which I'm normally in two. So the, the Sports Nightly one uh, is the new one. Uh, but I'm actually in what's something called a triathlon league which it's one big league but it incorporates fantasy football baseball and basketball so it's kind of cumulative throughout the three seasons and that's the one I take most seriously because it's it's the one I've been in the longest and it you know there's there's uh bragging rights on the line and you know you're in a league with the same guys year after year after year you start to build you know a little distaste rivalries yeah for the for the guys in your league (laughs) And and so that's you know that's kind of where I'm at right now. All right, that'll be fun. Everybody needs to get your lineup set for tomorrow, right? You got to get yep. make sure those Chiefs and Texans are get in your in lineup, there. so you you're ready to roll. We're also really thrilled to to uh, secure again this fall Ian Rappaport, the NFL Network. He'll be joining us every Friday. Uh, we always recap that Thursday night game and then kind of get everybody set up for the weekend, a lot, some of the latest injury information. It's a must listen if you really follow the NFL. Is when we have Ian on. Friday nights. Uh, he's been great to us. We, he's really, you know, we latched on to him. How many years have we had him oh, now? Man. Five, six? Maybe more than a long time. Yeah. At least. I mean, back when Jeff was here. So. Oh, my gosh. Well, that's ancient. Yeah. It's been a long time. Yeah. He's, and, and he has really risen to popularity on that NFL network does a terrific job and we're very fortunate to have him and yeah we we do we feel fortunate to have guys like Ian and Adam Rittenberg of ESPN.com and uh, we've gotten to know Teddy Greenstein uh, down through the years for kind of a Big Ten slant of things from the Chicago perspective and Teddy also covers a lot of the pro sports in the wind the windy city also is a big golf used to be a golf writer so it's uh, fun to get Teddy's take on a lot of different things and one thing I'm Teddy will be with us tomorrow night by the way on the program one thing I'm going to ask Teddy is how in the world does Dustin Johnson have the last month that he's had including winning the FedEx Cup and yet the PGA comes out and says Justin Thomas is our player of the year yeah I'm not trying to slam JT he's had a good year but how do you not pick DJ right crazy yeah crazy stuff golf starts their new season this week Ben the Safeway Open it's not a not a great field tomorrow, <laughs> but next week is the U.S. Open. How, about, how weird is that? Yeah, yeah Kepka withdrew, U- didn't he? He did. He's just been he's too banged. I think he's needing some surgery. But the U.S. Open, which is usually contested in June because of COVID, has been pushed back here until a mid-September start. So uh, the, the major players of the world will be gathered at Wingfoot in New York next week for the U.S. Open. Teddy Greenstein with us tomorrow night. We'll go beyond the headlines and have face-off all coming your way tomorrow night. Thanks to Ben, to Tim, to Austin, and to all of you for being a part of this one tonight. Enjoy the rest of your night. Try to stay dry. We'll join you again tomorrow. Good night.